Happy Black Friday, everybody, and welcome into the We Know Fantasy Contributors podcast. We are coming at you on Friday because yesterday was Thanksgiving. Uh, today, I am joined by the fantasy mechanic. If you have a problem, he will fix it. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Brian. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I did, and we are also special guests tonight. We have the boss with us, Nate. How are you, and how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was fantastic. You know, I ate a lot of food, had a few drinks, and, you know, watched some football, and that was about it. So, uh, yeah, it was a great time, and uh, glad to be on here for the first time on the We Know Fantasy Contributors podcast. Yes, well, we are very happy to have you. I also had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I watched football, had a few drinks, played with my dogs, ate some food. Um, So... We have a great show planned, but I just want to remind everybody, um, check out the We Know Fantasy website. Um, we have great, great group of contributors on there. We have breaking news. We have rankings. We have uh, streamable defenses. We have buy low, sell high. And uh, we've, been, we've been doing some different stuff on there. I know there's a playoff article up on there. Just some stuff to look out for. Uh, make sure you check out Monday's waiver wire wish list with Nate and one contributor where we'll go over the best uh, waiver wire pickups of the week and we'll kind of go back and forth, discuss them. And then the next week we recap those waiver wire pickups and see if we were right or wrong. And then also every Wednesday, make sure you check out the We Know Fantasy podcast featuring the Fantasy Fro. And this Sunday we have a very special the first ever We Know Fantasy starts at live stream on twitch.tv slash We Know Fantasy. I will be doing that Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., so make sure you make your Twitch accounts and check that out. Nick, where can the people find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at fantasy underscore mechanic, as well as on Twitter at FB mechanic. And Nate, where can the people find you? Uh, across the board, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Love it. All right, so we're going to do, in honor of Black Friday, we're going to talk about players we're excited to get at a bargain next year. These are guys who either we think are going to be undervalued because they don't get respect, um, or you know, guys who we think underperformed this year and we think they're going to come back to the, to, you know, their their usual. Um, and we're excited to get them at a discount. So Nick, why don't you get us started with your first bargain player? Okay, yeah. Um, for me, uh, I, you're going to notice a trend with my picks for today. But number one, I'm going with Michael Gallup. Gallup was a, in 2018 was a third-round pick for the Dallas Cowboys. In 2019, as far as fantasy, a lot of his draft stock and his draft uh, position was around the 10th to 12th rounds. Uh, currently, he's wide receiver 25. He also missed two games with a knee injury. I just see Gallup as a guy who can, I'm not saying he will take Cooper as the number one receiver, but he can be a 1B player in that offense for Dallas. Um, Another reason why I really like it is in nine of the 10 games that Gallup has played, he had seven or more targets. Four of those nine games, he had targets of 10, 11, 13, and 14. So Gallup is a receiver who's, he's, He's, he could be a possession receiver and as well as a deep threat. And like I said, somewhere next year, I see him as a very high wide receiver too with big time wide receiver one upside and capabilities. For me, I'm looking to add Gallup somewhere around the fifth round. Yeah, for sure. He was a, a not, I want to say a, a big surprise this year. There's a lot of hype around that guy. Uh, you know, this new look Dallas Cowboys offense, Kellen Moore calling the plays. 
a lot more. You know, I think Dak Prescott, if he ha- if he isn't, he was leading the league in passing yards. If he still isn't, uh, you're slinging the ball around. So even if Amari Cooper, it's like a situation down in uh, Tampa Bay. It could be similar next year. You know, you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who are both uh, top five wide receivers right now in fantasy football. This could be a similar thing that we see in the future with Amari Cooper and uh, Michael Gallup moving forward. Yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing because I feel like if he didn't get hurt in, like, what was it, week uh, two or three, I feel like we'd be talking about him more. But he kind of had a quiet season just from the fact that he missed a few weeks. But he's been very a very serviceable fantasy wide receiver, and I, I definitely see a full breakout year for him next year. I love this picnic. All right, Nates, why don't you get us in with your first one? All right, so uh, my trends going to be a little bit different. These are people that were uh, – you know, normally picked in the first round or early second uh, that, you know, underperformed that next year are going to slide to maybe the third or late second that are going to, you know, have a bounce back season next year. So I'm kicking off here with Joe Mixon. Currently you're, you're uh, running back 20, but the, this, it's a little bit different. He's uh, last year. He almost had about 1200 rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns, added 300 yards to the air in a, in a receiving touchdown. So he was a very fantastic uh uh, option last year in terms of fantasy value at the running back position. This year it's not there. Uh, a lot of it has to, has to do with the Bengals not wanting to win football games, I want to say. That team is awful. That uh, offensive line could be one of the worst offensive lines we've seen in modern-day history. Uh, it's very rough to see. He has no running lanes at all. He's a very talented back. He can catch the ball in the backfield. Uh, but moving forward, you know, Zach Taylor's going to get going to get hit the quarterback he wants in the draft. You're going to have to probably have the first overall pick. He's going to move on from the Andy Dalton era. You know, he had the Ryan Finley uh, experiment there, but that didn't work out. So he's going to finally move on from these guys, get the guy he wants, get the system he wants in place. And I can see Jack, uh, not Jack, Joe Mixon flourishing, you know, when he gets a new system, more uh, more like a, you know, this uh, Zach Taylor is a um, – is a uh, product of uh, is a product of the uh, why am I blanking here? Who's the Rams coach, guys? Sean McVay. McVay. Yeah, he's a Sean Mc. Yeah, I don't know why I'm blanking here. It's Friday night. Uh, <laughs> he's a McVay product, so we can see Mixon having a similar impact to like a Todd Gurley, not of course a Todd Gurley status uh, pre-injury Todd Gurley, but we can see him have a have a great season like that. And uh, I'm looking forward to grabbing this guy late second, maybe early third next year, and he's gonna have a huge season next year so this is my first bargain player of the uh, night for us here yeah definitely i could see um mixon being a, a great value pick there uh he's a, a running back that i was actually really high on this year i actually liked him as a late first round running back and as you mentioned he catches the ball well he has great size and if i'm not mistaken i still believe he's only 23 years old so he still has lots of room to grow and as you also mentioned that system can change if they go and they draft a quarterback and they get A.J. Green back healthy. I can see Mixon getting more opportunities in that offense. Yeah, I think it's I think it's amazing how much uh, running backs need to be on an offense that, you know, gets in the end zone a lot. And Mixon hasn't had a hat, you know, had a lot of those opportunities. And I think you put a you put a quarterback that Zach Taylor likes and can work with. I think we'll be seeing a lot more uh, touchdown opportunities and a lot more volume for Mixon, too. Um, so I'm going to kick it off with my first bargain player. I'm going kind of similar for my first with my first pick as uh, Nate did. I'm going with Saquon Barkley. Uh, pre-injury, he was... Honestly, I, I think he could have contended with McCaffrey as, like, the running back of the year to own. 
but obviously he got hurt and coming back from the injury, he just hasn't been the same. The Giants aren't this high powered offense, uh, even with Daniel Jones taking over. Um, but I think next year we'll see Daniel Jones kind of develop more into himself. He'll get a more uh, better receiving group around him. They might fix the offensive line now that they have a uh, team-friendly contract with the quarterback. Uh, and I think we're going to see Saquon Barkley as a late first, early second, who is going to be winning people's leagues. If you get him late next year, I think he is going to be winning you the league. Yeah, for me, um, I love Saquon Barkley, being a Penn State fan and everything. And as you said, you know, injuries have kind of plagued the team as well with Shepard being out majority of the season, Evan, Evan Ingram uh, having injury woes. And absolutely, if you can get Saquon, even I'm going to go on a limb here, from the fifth overall pick and later, you basically stole him, in my opinion. Yeah, this is a guy who's extremely passionate about what he does. He's extremely passionate about uh, playing football. And, you know, he's even at this point saying he doesn't want to be shut down this season, wants to keep carrying the ball as much as possible. We'll see if he gets that, if he gets that, uh, that wish filled here as the season starts winding down. But, yeah, he uh, he's going to be a guy that people are going to be, like, uh, passing on early in drafts because of the season he had. But if he's going to be passed on, he's a guy that you're going to pick, and he's going to have a crazy good season next year. Once this giant team starts getting things in the right direction, they will next year. So, yeah, he's a guy I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, scooping up around pick four or five myself. All right, Nick, why don't you give us your second player? Okay, yeah, for my second player, Nate kind of uh, threw my trend out there with the Chris Godwin reference. That's kind of how I structured these receivers. I'm going to be presenting receivers who I think have that Chris Godwin capability where the breakout season within their second and third years and stuff like that. So the second receiver is Calvin Wrigley. He's already kind of had a good year. He's wide receiver 21. The Falcons spent a first-round pick on him last year. Uh, in this past year's draft, he went in anywhere from the sixth to eighth rounds in many drafts. You got With Julio Jones banged up every time, Julio Jones is still a top, 10 wide receiver in everybody's mind and in the league. He draws the double coverage. Calvin Ridley's a great compliment. You also have guys like Austin Hooper on the team as well. Um, and I just, you know, Ridley, even with, you know, not getting the, the as many targets as Julio Jones, has 58 receptions, 790 yards, and he has six touchdowns on the season. So that's something where, you know, if you can add a Calvin Ridley as your second wide receiver, and I'd even go as far as saying as a possible first receiver next year, if you're one of those people that like to go robust running back with your first three picks, Calvin Ridley, if, you know, depending on the three running backs you can get, Calvin Ridley as your first receiver is a steal. So I'd love to try to add Calvin Ridley somewhere in the late fourth, early fifth round next season. Yeah, Ridley's actually a guy I was trying to avoid in most drafts because of that. His rookie season was more of like a boom or bust type of thing where he would be very quiet for a week or two, maybe even three, then he would just burst out of nowhere and have a fantastic week, and then he would go away for a while. But he's become more of a consistent fantasy option, even this Atlanta Falcons team that um, is going nowhere. This season has been definitely underwhelming for them. They've they were officially they were officially knocked out of playoff contention with that loss to the Saints, but they were knocked out of playoff contention well before that. We all know that uh, that team is rather rough. There's a lot of things to be fixed. That defense has got awful. Uh, Matt Ryan looks shaky at best. Saying that offensive line still needs to be improving. They added two first rounders there. Um, 
But yeah, Ridley is very talented. You know, he's an Alabama product. Those Alabama receivers. Uh, you, you have Julio Jones across from him. He's an Alabama product himself. Uh, they always get things going. Um, but yeah, it, this the Falcons do this. They have a down year, good year, down year, good year, down year, good year. So they hit this down year. They're in line for a good year. So uh, we can only assume they'll be back next year on all cylinders. And Calvin Ridley would be a guy to own. Uh, I'm with there. I'm with there with you, Nick. Yeah, see, Calvin Ridley was a guy I was super excited come for coming into the season just because I, I know Dirk Cotter's like a more pass-happy, you know, OC. I did a lot of research on that this offseason. So I was a little disappointed in Ridley, but I think he's starting to come back towards it. And I think I think you're right. I think we're going to see him fully uh, emerge next year as a either very high-end wide receiver two or maybe even a low-end wide receiver one with him and Julio. And it's going to make defenses have headaches. So, uh, Nate, why don't you kick us off with your second one? So continuing with my trend here, first rounders who are under uh, underperforming. Here's a huge one, Odell Beckham Jr. And there's no doubt next year he's going to be passed on uh, early. He could even end up being the third rounder next year, rightfully so. Uh, many people haven't had him as a top five fantasy wide receiver. Many even deem him their wide receiver one. A lot of hype there in that Cleveland Browns offense. Baker Mayfield throwing the football. Would be a lot of fun to see. It's been pretty much the opposite. He's currently wide receiver 21. You know, there's names like Allen Robinson, John Brown, Kenny Galladay, Cortland uh, Sutton. Just to name a few that are above him. Even even teammate Jarvis Landry is wide receiver 13 on the season above him. Uh, but, you know, Odell is too good of a uh, talent to be this slow. And um, the, the Browns need a coaching change. They need a, a revamp of the entire system. I think they're going to get the, this offseason. There's no doubt about that. They need to find the, the right thing. You know, Baker Mayfield needs to, you know, chill out with, with his, you know, with his mouth and start playing some football. Um, I've never been a really big Baker guy. I love, I love the fire in him. I just don't love the way he expresses it sometimes. Uh, but yeah, Odell is can't be held down this long. It's amazing that he's been held long, down this long this season, uh, just because the system that he's in is just not allowing him to produce. Um, but yeah, who would have thought that going from Eli Manning, the New York Giants, to you know this new look Cleveland Browns high flying offense with Baker Mayfield, you'd be a worse wide receiver. But somehow he managed it. But next year. OBJ definitely is going to be a third round pick late second, but I think next year when the Browns start changing things around, get the right uh, personnel in, in position, things could be a lot different and OBJ is going to thrive when that happens. Yeah, for sure. I could totally see because of the down year. Um, I actually kind of expect this, like you said, kitchens to get fired and to bring in a new coach and totally change the whole offense. Um, plus, I'd also be excited to see what happens when they have that that uh, pass-catching tight end return next year and David and Joku. I think that's something that will open it up for OBJ as well. They, You know, teams will have to scheme for the tight end. Um, but just a, something of note, I, I actually wouldn't be surprised as well if OBJ's traded uh, from the Browns uh, during the offseason. Yeah, that would be very interesting to see. I, I mean, either way, no matter where he goes, if you're telling me I can get Odell Beckham as my first wide receiver off the board in the third round after going double running back, if that's what I choose to do, you could sign me up for that. I'll take the chance no matter what team he's on because he's, despite his down year, he's had some big boom games. And when he when he hits, he hits good on, in your lineup. So I'm actually really excited for that. Um, so I'm going to get into my second one. I'm kind of, my second, my second uh, pick is kind of more of a Knicks trend. 
I'm going with a, a wide receiver two on a team who I think could emerge into that one B. And for me, it's Mike Williams. Um, he's actually seen more targets this year than he has last year uh, per game. And uh, at this point, I think he's four targets away from tying his targets from last season. So he was 66 total last season. He's at 62 targets this year. Um, but the touchdowns aren't there. And his touchdowns were unreal in, uh, what was it, 2018? Yes, 2018. Um, so I expect some positive regression in some of those touchdowns to come back and the targets to uptake. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Chargers next year, but whoever it is, I think they're going to have something special with Mike Williams, and I'm super excited to get him possibly ninth, 10th round, just from how unserviceable he's been this season. And I sign me up. If I could get a wide receiver two in the 10th round, I am all in on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, part of our, uh, our next segment, when we do our overpriced pick, I, I kind of validate your Mike Williams pick there as well. Uh, we'll get to that in our next segment. But as you said, these receivers, we all know it takes uh, two to three years sometimes with receivers. And I think Mike Williams is actually starting to become that budding star. And I couldn't agree with you more on everything you said and your, your take on all that. Yeah, there was way too high of expectations for Mike Williams this year because of that 2018 where it seemed like every time he touched the ball was a touchdown. Uh, going into the season, people drafted him too high because of that. Uh, things were skewed in that nature. Uh, things are brought down to earth this year. He, has, he struggled early with the Chargers team themselves has, has struggled majorly. We don't know what's going to happen in the future there, but yeah, Mike Williams is an extreme talent, and if you give him in the 10th, 9th round even, you're getting you're getting yourself a heck of a football player. All right, so Nick, why don't you give us your last bargain player? Okay, wrapping up my uh, bargain, uh, Chris Godwin, trendy type wide receivers of the day. Uh, I got Christian Kirk. If you ask me, I think Christian Kirk has already kind of emerged as the wide receiver one for the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals took him in the second round in 2018. In a lot of drafts this past season, he was being drafted somewhere around the eighth or ninth round. Um, I totally see him next year being the number one, like I said, in that offense, especially Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald having the question mark, is he going to retire? Is he not going to retire? Will he be there? Um, Christian Kirk also missed three games this season, but six out of the eight games in which he played in, he had nine-plus targets. Uh Kyler Murray's a budding star. We all see that. Everybody can agree. Kyler Murray kind of has what it takes. And I'm not saying he will have the type of production Michael Thomas is, but I see Michael Thomas like in Christian Kirk in the fact that there's no true receiver on the other side. So lots of targets are going to go his way in an air raid ran type offense. So as I'm saying, I'm not saying he's Michael Thomas. I could just kind of see it trending that way. If Larry Fitzgerald moves on and retires, I know they have the young Keyshawn Johnson there who hasn't – I haven't seen do anything really of note this year. And going back to, as we were saying, if you go robust running back, let's just say you're drafting in the middle of the round next year, and you can go a, a Zeke Elliott, a, a Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, and then your next two picks can be any two of Michael Gallup, Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. I think you – them five that right there can actually win you your, your league. Yeah, there's no doubt this. there's a lot of uh, things to like about this Arizona Cardinals team moving forward. Uh, not only is Christian Kirk in his second year and already coming out of it things, they have so many rookie and, and sophomore talents on that wide receiver core. Uh, but yeah, Kirk's looking very good, very sure-handed. Kyler is, you know, stepping into it. He's, he's 
he's a real deal. There's no doubt about that. Um, it's just a matter of you know taking the next step forward, and you know he's still a rookie, so that's there's that to to think about. But next year, sophomore, uh, both a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach going to their second season, that's a, a huge difference from having both in the rookie year. So yeah, Christian Kirk next year could be uh, one heck of a wide receiver for his fantasy football team. Yeah, I, I, I kind of pin him at, uh, it depends if Larry Fitzgerald's still there or not. If Larry does retire, I could pin Kirk at like a fourth round pick. I think that's where he'll go. And even then, I think you're getting a massive steal for what would be then the starting wide receiver on a air raid offense. And sign me up for that. I mean, I'm all, I'm all for that. If I could go OBJ and then Christian Kirk, I'm already loving my team next year. Um, but Nate, why don't you get us with your next one? So my final guy here is Alvin Kamara. I'll continue with my my first round underperforming pick. Currently, you're uh, running back thirteen. And when you when your drafts probably went, you know there was probably some form of Chris McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, one, two, three. That was kind of how like your first or and and, and uh, Saquon Barkley. So that's how your your four your top four picks went in 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 in, in any order like that. So one through four, Alvin Kamara was definitely in there. And now he's at running back 13. Not a good deal. Missed a few games. Uh, there's that. But he's still only averaging, uh, what is he? He's averaging 18 P- or fantasy points per game. Still really good. But this isn't, this isn't what you're signing up for when you're taking him third, fourth overall. Uh, you know, next year people are going to see this Latavius Murray who has uh, had some big weeks. Maybe um, they're going to take this as he gets more of a, of, of uh, work there. I'm not sure what his deal is if he's there longer than just this year. I think he has a two or three year deal, so I think he's going to be there next year. Murray, that is. Uh, but Kamara, he's had he's been banged up this year. He hasn't been his full self. Back next year, fully healthy. Uh, you know, this uh, this team's doing getting by without him imagine how good this team would be if uh, they had a hundred percent Alvin Kamara which they could next year um so yeah next year Alvin Kamara back to his uh you know top four running back form and right now he's 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 running back 13 you're gonna see some names taken before him next year that probably should be taken before him next year uh and you're gonna reap the benefits of that and it's gonna be very good for you next year yeah, definitely. I'm in the same boat with the, the Barkley pick. For me, Barkley, Kamar, um, the, the, just the threat alone of them being able to catch the ball out of the backfield and the explosiveness is reason enough for me that they should stay within the first round. And if, as I said with Barkley, if you're getting Alvin Kamar anywhere past the fifth pick, you're basically stealing them from your the rest of your league. Yeah, so I have it pulled up right now. Rookie year 2017, 13 total touchdowns. Last season, 2018, 18 total touchdowns for Alvin Kamara. This season, two total touchdowns. That's going to come back. He's going to get those touchdowns. He's going to get those scoring opportunities. Taysom Hill's not going to steal them all. <laughs> yeah. Kamara is a massive bargain. I love this pick, and I am, oh, man, I'm already excited for my team next year, boys. But I'm going to get into my last pick. Uh, I'm going with Jonu Smith, the young emerging tight end in Tennessee. And this is all in part to the fact that they're going to have a competent quarterback next year in Ryan Tannehill. Um, And I think Delaney Walker might be done. He's getting up there in age. I think we might finally see Jonu Smith take over. He's only had one game as a, you know, booming tight end one this season. But he's in his second or third year, I believe. I honestly 
can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sorry, but he's still a young tight end. He's still learning this offense. Tight ends are the hardest position to incorporate in an offense. And the Titans have had a different offensive coordinator every year since Marcus Mariota's rookie year. That is not good for the quarterback. That is not good for the tight end. But Ryan Tannehill is getting it done. And I think they have a young star in Jonu Smith who is going to propel that offense to the next level. And I think he will be not even talked about. Maybe a 12th round pick if uh, Delaney Walker does retire. But the hype won't be there in redraft. It'll be there in Dynasty. And I would be trying to buy him this offseason in Dynasty for whatever I can. Uh, but in redraft next year, I think he's going to be dirt cheap to nothing. And I think you're getting a young tight end who is going to be a, at least a solid uh, piece on your roster, if not a set it and forget it. Um, but that's that's my final bargain pick. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I love the outside the box pick on that. Um, and as you said, we, you hit on it. We've hit on it on several of the contributors podcasts. Ryan Tannehill taking over in that offense has just made the Titans offense that much better. He's allowed receivers like A.J. Brown to flourish and, and, and do better. I'd like to see Corey Davis start to get, a, you know, on track and become that first-round pick that he was. But, yeah, I, I totally see it. And as you said, if Walker, Delaney Walker does retire, Johnny Smith could emerge as that two-year-ago uh, George Kittle-type tight end where he's an afterthought and I was thinking of him and you could steal him in the 13th round and he winds up leading your team. Yeah, uh, I've always been a fan of whoever plays uh, tight end for the Tennessee Titans just because it seems like there's always value there. I've said this in my waiver wire wishlist podcast several times. Delaney Walker's been a staple there for a long time, but his injury history is catching up to him. He's getting up there in age. He's over 32 or 3 off the top of my head, I think he is. Uh, you know, he can't recover as he has been. You know, he has he had a horrific knee injury, can't seem to stay healthy. I think this is a year he finally steps away. Uh, he was he missed a few games this year already. I think he is he still out? If not, um, I believe he's on IR. Yeah, he's yes. on IR. So he's missed the majority of this season as well. So you know, even if he is to come back next year, there's a good chance he's not going to play. I don't know the off the top of my head, but he hasn't played a full season in quite some time. Uh, but Janu Smith, it's a very talented tight end. Ryan uh, Tannehill really has this team going, which is so hard to believe that, you know, it's kind of like a reject from Miami going to Tennessee and somehow it, it worked out for Tennessee, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, really like what's going on there in Tennessee, which is again, weird to say, but big fan of Janu Smith moving forward. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited, and I think he's going to be a steal. He might be this next year's Austin Hooper. Uh, but we're going to get into the opposite of this last segment. We're going to all pick a player who we think is going to be overpriced next year. Uh, the draft price is going to be too high versus what we think their real value is. Um, so, Nick, why don't you start us with your first overpriced player? Okay, yeah, for me, um, and it kind of goes back to, Brian, your pick on Mike Williams, and for me, the overpriced player is Keenan Allen. Um, he was taken in second round many drafts this season which i mean he's the wide receiver 13 and he does get a lot lots of volume he's got 70 reception for 796 yards just four touchdowns um he hasn't had a touchdown in the last or, i'm sorry he has one touchdown in the last 10 games and this kind of goes back to as you were saying what's their quarterback situation are they going to draft the rookie is the rookie going to play and the emergence of mike williams i could see them throwing more balls to Mike Williams, getting Mike Williams more involved because of him being the more, you know, 
stretch the field type receiver in that offense. Now, for me, he's overpriced, but I still do believe Keenan Allen has value. He's still a top 15 receiver in fantasy as far as I'm concerned, but he's not a guy I'm taking in the uh, second round. I'm looking to grab him later if I can. Um, But like I said, you know, the emergence of Mike Williams is just going to hurt Keenan Allen's value going forward. Yeah, um, he, he, I don't know where to go with Keenan Allen. Uh, he's a guy I was very high on this season, but we were, weren't we all really high on uh, Los Angeles Chargers players, but that didn't really work out for us. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think name value alone is going to keep him up there, and uh, it's gonna he's going to hurt us again this year. I know he has a decent season this year, but I think that, that just that name alone, Keenan Allen is going to keep him up there next year, and I think uh, it's going to, you know, you're going to pay the price if you're going to fall into that trap. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, how it was this season. People are going to draft him really high. He's going to have a smash start to the season, and then we're going to slowly see uh, Mike Williams emerge next season. And I, I think they both can coexist. We've seen this with um, Tampa Bay. You can have two star wide receivers, but the problem is Hunter Henry's still there taking targets. Austin Eckler's, I believe, still going to be there taking targets. I really don't know his contract situation. Uh, depending on what happens with Melvin Gordon, Like, there's a lot that can change for this Chargers team next year. And it all is going to depend on the quarterback um, and who stays and who doesn't. But, yeah, I, I, I can definitely agree. I could see Keenan Allen being too too high of a draft price. Uh, Nate, why don't you get us in with your uh, too expensive player? All right. So my too expensive player is Chris Godwin, currently your wide receiver two, uh, which is weird to say. But right now he is wide receiver two and Mike Evans is wide receiver three in PPR formats. Um it's it's extremely hard to keep two players as top five options in fantasy football in any position. Uh, of course, wide receivers is pretty much the only position you can do that in. Um, but next year, we know we saw this we saw this boom coming. We didn't know we didn't expect it to be this big of a boom to wide receiver two. We expected him to jump, make a big jump this year, but he made a huge jump to wide receiver two. Uh, but next year. We don't know the situation that's going to happen in Tampa. Is, is Jameis Winston going to be there? We know Jameis Winston. He's not the best, what do you want to say, real-life quarterback. Uh, he's not going to win you a championship. He's a very good fancy quarterback. He puts up fancy points. He throws for a lot of yards. He throws for a lot of touchdowns, which is good for your fancy receivers. That's hence why Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are wide receiver two and wide receiver three, respectively. Next year, Jameis Winston could be out the door. Uh, could see some coaching changes. Could see see some turnover there. Uh, I just don't see where they could keep up this this uh, this amount of production out of these two guys moving forward. Out of these two positions, the tight end position is not existent right now. I think that changes moving forward as well. OJ Howard's too talented of a player to be set on the shelf. Um, even Cameron Brayton's too talented of a tight end to be set on the shelf. I know he's used more than Howard is. I think things change this off season. I think a lot of, uh, some of these changes move away from the wide receiver position. Maybe they can get some running backs more involved. You know, Ronald Jones is, is really coming on to things, getting more touches there. Maybe they get him out of the backfield, get him some more carries per game. Um, you know, beef with the defense for the point where they don't have to play from behind so much. We don't know, but I just cannot see where they can keep up with both these guys going forward. And, of course, Mike Evans is the superior talent here. Mike Evans is a phenomenal, phenomenal football talent, uh, much better than a Chris Godwin. So I want to say Mike Evans keeps his value and Chris Godwin drops off. And I think that's where uh, uh, it's going to be next year. You know, Chris Godwin has going to finish as a top two, five 
fantasy football receiver for the rest of the season, which is going to see his draft draft stock next year skyrocket. But uh, many of those who who draft him early could uh, be paying the price when he fall doesn't have a repeat season next year. Yeah, um, I, I could definitely say it. I think it depends on where Godwin falls to and how much people will value his, um, you know, his stock and his value come next year. But I totally agree. I think this his play is going to be dependent on the quarterback situation and how the offense is ran. The thing that is in his favor is Bruce Arians likes to air the ball out, which is good for any receiver in that offense. But as you said, I, Winston is so volatile. And it's he, you know, the receivers are going to depend on his play week to week. So yeah, I could see Godwin getting overpriced and overdrafted next season. But as I said, you know, depending on where you're drafting and how much you may value him, if you could, I doubt he goes mid second. But if you could steal that type of, um, you know, talent in this in the second round, I think it could pay off for you. Yeah, agreed. I think uh, I think we're going to see Mike Evans a little undervalued because of the emergence of Chris Godwin, and those who bite on the value on Evans are definitely going to be uh, repaid for it. Um, but I'm going to get into my player who I think is going to be overpriced next year, and I kind of went the uh, cop out route. Um, you know, we've seen this every year. We've seen these quarterbacks have unreal years, and then their second round pick the next season. So for me, it's Lamar Jackson. And it's Lamar Jackson for a few reasons. Uh, number one is I think Greg Roman might get a head coaching job. I'm very, very like firm in that belief. His He has an offense that's going unbelievably well right now. We've seen the NFL switch to a lot of offensive-minded head coach and a young quarterback. So I would be not at all surprised if Greg Roman gets a uh, head coaching job somewhere. And I think that's a huge part of Lamar Jackson's game right now. Now, I think he has coached Lamar Jackson enough to where Lamar Jackson will maintain it, but he's just playing at an unreal level right now when no quarterback has ever had repeat seasons as the fantasy quarterback one. It just hasn't happened yet, and I'm I'm not biting on it. Lamar Jackson will be a second-round pick, and I, I you can't pay that price. You can't. Yeah, I totally agree, especially with me, myself, me personally. I've never taken a quarterback um, in any of the first four rounds. I think the highest I've ever went was the fifth round on a quarterback. But I totally could say it. I could see the Patrick Mahomes effect coming with Lamar Jackson uh, next season in 2020. And it's an excellent point you brought up about Roman getting a uh, head coaching job and that offense possibly taking a step back next year. Yeah, we see this year and year again. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, prime example, last year, you know, a few years ago when Peyton, uh, Peyton Manning had that uh, record-breaking season the following year, he was a second-round pick, he, and then he fell off. Um, but like you said, first I want to, I, I hope Greg Roman gets a chance. He was that four years. He was, uh, the OC in, in, in San Francisco during those good years when they went to the Super Bowl and the, and three NFC championship games. So I hope he gets a chance there, but yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson definitely has a hype. He's probably gonna win MVP. You know, he's taking the league by storm, kind of becoming the face of the league in a way, uh, because of his, uh, you know, people doubted him. Now he's, you know, going to be the MVP. So people are in love with this guy. Uh, so it's it's more sense, kind of like Patrick Mahomes. They're, they're he's just a, such a fan favorite that that they're going to fall into that trap as well, which is going to make him more overpriced uh, in a sense there as well. So I'm staying far away from Lamar Jackson. If you drafted him this year though, uh, in later rounds, uh, good for you. 
All right, so we have one last or two last segments. Uh, real quick, we're going to fire off our DFS plays of the week. This is something we've been adding weekly to the We Know Fantasy Contributors podcast. We're all going to tell you one player we think is a massive value and should be thrown in your lineups this week. Nick, where are the people saving their money? Okay, for me, it's Darrell Williams versus the Raiders. Uh, he's currently 4,400 on DraftKings. Damian Williams is out and not playing in, a game, in this game. LaShawn uh, McCoy has fumble woes. You just can't trust him, and I don't even think Andy Reid trusts him. I see the Chiefs being up multiple, you know, double digits late, and I just see a run-heavy script for Dow Williams. I'm actually going to go on a limb here and say over 100-plus scrimmage yards and two touchdowns for Dow Williams this week. Uh, I love that pick. He's a guy I'm going to have featured in my uh, lineups this week for sure. Yeah, that is a that is a if you could give me a running back in Andy Reid's offense for forty four hundred, I that's literally value. I don't care what the matchup is. All right, Nate, who is your budget pick this week? All right, my guy's a little more expensive. It's DJ Shark, uh, sixty six hundred. I know it's a little pricey, but he's going up against the worst. Uh, uh, defense uh, 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 in uh, in Tampa Bay that uh, has allowed the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Uh, he's 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 quickly became the wide receiver one in Jacksonville. Um, even with Nick Foles coming back, he's still that number one guy. Uh, you know Jacksonville is hanging around there, possibly in the AFC South. I know it's a far stretch, but they need everyone they can. I think this is a very winnable game here. I think it could be a shootout as well. So I'm going DJ Shark has a ton of chances this week. 6,600 is not a cheap price to pay, but it's not super expensive as well. So I'm going DJ Shark this week. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as you mentioned with the matchup against Tampa Bay. Any team that plays Tampa Bay, the game has shootout potential. And I just still think that DJ Shark ain't getting the respect he deserves. For me, he's a you know he's a top wide receiver. And for 6600 yeah, it seems high, but when you really think about it, it's really not a bad price for a number one receiver going against a terrible defense. All right, so Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins. Those are the four people above DJ Chark on total wide receiver position this season. All of those guys on DraftKings would have a price of 7000 plus. You can get a top five fantasy wide receiver in the best matchup for fantasy wide receivers for 6600 Nate, this is a fantastic pick. It The price is there. It is He's going to hit value, no problem. I love this pick. I am all in on the DJ chart this week, and I have so much exposure of him. My pick is for the hardest position in football to predict, and that's the tight end position. There's no Eric Ebron or T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis this week. Jack Doyle against Tennessee at 3,300 on DraftKings is a smash value. He is going to see double-digit targets against a plus matchup. If you can attack Tennessee anywhere, it's through the tight end position. I love me some Jack Doyle this week, and his price is just dirt cheap. 3,300, and you could get a tight end one in your tournament lineups. I would start Jack Doyle in every lineup I can, and he's a great way to pay up for a DJ Chark for... You know, if you need a Devontae Adams, his price is like 7000 You can lock him in. There's plenty of guys you could pay up for this week, and Jack Doyle gives you the ability to do it. Yeah, for sure. I've always said, and every time we talk about DFS, I always tend to go cheap on my tight end and my quarterback. And I, I even with Nate on Monday, I mentioned Jack Doyle as a waiver wire pickup. The loss of Ebron, and I mean, Jack Doyle was already averaging around four catches a game. 
that's going to double. So Ebron was even getting six to ten targets per game. So now that you're going to see that double, Jack Doyle, great pick for DFS, as well as a great pick for your regular lineups going forward the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. I'm a big Jack Doyle guy myself. Uh, Eric Ebron hit the IR, so this is the first game without him on the IR. And like uh, everyone said here, great value. Brian uh, hit the nail on the head here. Um, Titans are weak against the Titan position. And again, this is a crucial, crucial game here in that very tight AFC South uh, battle. Uh, Things can get wild here. I like this pick a lot. All right, so we have one last segment we're going to get into. There's uh, there's three big games this week. Uh, we have the 49ers versus the Ravens. That could be considered the game of the week. We have the Seahawks versus the Vikings. That's a huge, huge wild card implication uh, game this week. And it keeps the Seahawks, if they win, in contention to still win the division. And then we have the battle for the AFC South between the Chiefs and the Raiders. This could be a huge, huge game here. So we're going to go all around, and we're going to give our picks for each game. So we're going to start with the Ravens, 49ers. Nick, who is your pick? Yeah, I'm, 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 I reluctantly want to go Ravens here. Uh, I just think the 49ers been up against it their last three games and playing the Packers, Cardinals, and the Seahawks. I mean, they, they got the Cardinals twice in a matter of three weeks. Um, and traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast, I think it's a low-scoring game and bad weather. I see like a – a 16-10 Ravens win. Sorry, Nate. Yeah, he 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 said there. I'm a big 49ers fan. I was actually going to go to this game. had uh, had the plan to take my brother, and my dad. had the tickets about to be purchased, and then I realized it's supposed to be an awful, awful weather, rain all day, near freezing temperatures, and then uh, heading north here to get home. It's supposed to be awful ice and and snowstorm. So not going down uh, tomorrow or I guess Sunday for the game there. But uh, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to go 49ers. I think I have to uh, as a fan here. So take this with a grain of salt. I think uh, I think the 49ers have the formula. They have the uh, athletes. They have the defensive line as, as well as the athletic linebackers to keep Lamar Jackson in, tr- and, and in check. Uh, if you look at what Lamar Jackson has done against top-tier defenses, it's not been too good. Uh, so I think the 49ers are able to hold in there. I think they're a lot, they then go on to win the battle on the ground if it is bad weather to the point where you can't really pass the ball. I think they have the uh, athletes in the backfield to really pound it out. I think they take this one like a Knicks at low-scoring game. I think I'm going to get to the 49ers. Yeah, the, uh, the fan in me, the Patriots fan in me, wants the 49ers to win because I need the Patriots to keep that uh, one-game lead. Actually, it would be a two-game lead uh, on the Ravens. Um, and I do think the 49ers can win this, and I was going to pick the 49ers, but I'm actually pivoting to the Ravens. I think the Ravens are just playing at an unreal, unreal level right now. I think Lamar Jackson is just a huge, huge problem for defenses. And I'm not saying the 49ers can't get ready for that, but I'm also saying they can't get ready for that. I mean, we've just seen defenses look silly trying to stop this guy. He can run, he could throw, he could do everything. Mark Ingram is just playing unreal football too. And that's a huge choke point for the 49ers is their run defense. I think that's where you can beat them. And I think the Ravens do have the ability to run the ball and keep it close. So I'm actually going to pivot and I'm going to pick the Ravens this week. I am so sorry, Nate, please don't fire me. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. And actually it's the first, <laughs> this is the first time in NFL history where a 10 and one team is actually an underdog. So, uh, wow. We'll see how it goes. All right. So we're going to get into the next pick of the week. We're actually jumping to Monday Night Football here, boys, but we're staying in the NFC. 
Uh, we have the Seahawks versus the Minnesota Vikings. This is a huge game. Like I said, this is wild card implications, higher wild card seeding. This gives the Seahawks a chance to stay competitive in their division. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, if the Seahawks win and the 49ers lose, I think the Hawks take that division over. So, I could be wrong. Don't correct me. Uh, but, Nick, who are you picking this game? I'm actually going with the Seahawks. Um, it, as you said with the Ravens, it's kind of hard to go against Lamar Jackson. For me, it's hard to go against Russell Wilson. He's just playing at an elite level right now. Um, all season, you're talking about you know another MVP candidate. Their defense scares me a little bit, but at the same time, we're talking about a um, nationally televised primetime game. I know Kirk Cousins had a, a decent game against the Cowboys. I don't see him doing it twice this season. I'm going Seahawks 21-14. Yeah, I guess I don't really want to do it, but I have to go Seahawks myself. Uh, and like Brian said, the 49ers are to lose and the Seahawks are to win. I think the Seahawks do take it over. I think who they've lost. They've lost to the Saints and they have another loss in the season, but I don't think it's in division. So Baltimore. Uh, the 49ers, Baltimore. So the 49ers' only loss would be... Uh, would their one loss would be to Baltimore and the one loss would be in division to the Seahawks. The uh, Seahawks would take the lead there. Uh, I'm going Seahawks as well. If it was in Minnesota, I would lean, I would lean um, Vikings, but that 12th man is a, is a real difference maker. So I have to go Seahawks here as reluctant as I am. Uh, so I did just pull it up uh, so we can have confirmation. I do think the 49ers keep the lead. They are, uh, f- uh, sorry, what's the division record? I lost it. Never mind. Ignore me. Uh, I'm going with the Seahawks. Uh, I'm all I'm all in on the Seahawks. I actually had the Seahawks pick to win this division. Um, I still th- or pick, pick to win their division. I still think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. Their defense is not what I was hoping it was going to be. It's it's actually lost a step since last season. But Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind, and I think that's going to be a huge problem for the Vikings because their choke point is their secondary. Their secondary used to strike fear in people. People still think it strikes fear, but it doesn't. And I think Russell Wilson is going to have a field day against the Minnesota secondary on primetime football. I think Kirk Cousins will keep it somewhat competitive, but I'm going to go with 30-17 to 17 Seahawks. Um, wow. and, our, and our last pick of the week. Um, so Raiders-Chiefs. This is a huge division game for the Raiders. Uh, it's... The Chiefs, I think, have a few-game lead, but the Raiders need this to bounce back after their embarrassment against the Jets. Nick, who are we picking? Yeah, um, I thought about this game, but only for about two seconds. And then I, I realized the Chiefs haven't really had that big game yet this season that we've seen them have several last season. I think Mahomes is finally healthy. I just see the Chiefs running away with this game midway through the third quarter. And as we mentioned with the DFS pick with Daryl Williams, him having a big game, I see the Chiefs winning this easily, 34-17. Yeah, the Chiefs actually only have a one-game lead on the Raiders, so if the Raiders are to win this, uh, it would be a tie atop the uh, division there in the AFC West. Not sure where it would go. I'm assuming the Chiefs have a better uh, division record. Uh, don't quote me on that. But it would be a tie, at least record-wise. It would be a 7-5 and and 7-5 and team. Which is weird to say here. The Raiders are in contention for an AFC West title, uh, which is odd at this point of the season. But uh, it's in Kansas City. Got to go Chiefs here. Um, let's see. What happened when they when the, these guys first squared off earlier the season? I'm sure the Chiefs took that one. Uh, but it was um, – I, I don't think you can pick against the Chiefs here. 
let's see, let's see. Yeah, the Chiefs to get 28-10 the first time these, these teams play. I know the Raiders are playing better football now, but have to go Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, I, uh, I heard a stat today. I don't remember the exact uh, implications to it, but basically Derek Carr has played his worst football like the past X amount of years in Arrowhead. He just can't play there. I know it's like a tough place for all quarterbacks to play, and the Chiefs' defense, their secondary really brings it at home. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs as a lock. I don't think there's any way they lose this game, and uh, Pat Mahomes is looking for his uh, redemption. Or not redemption game, I should say, but his... His big performance, he hasn't had one a bit. He's he's due to explode. So I'm actually going to go Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs as well. Um, but that is it for the We Know Fantasy Contributors podcast. Again, I am Brian with We Know Fantasy. Make sure you check out all of our social medias. Make sure you check out WeKnowFantasy.com. Make sure you check out the waiver wire wish list the We Know Fantasy podcast featuring the Fantasy Fro every Wednesday coming right at you. And remember to check out this Sunday on Twitch tv slash we know fantasy i will be going live with the very first we know fantasy starts at live stream nick nate you guys got anything else to add no i just thanks everybody for tuning in i hope everybody enjoyed their holiday and their thanksgiving as well hope nobody spent too much uh, of the wife's money uh at black friday <laughs> shopping and enjoy another weekend of football good luck in your fantasy leagues yeah thanks thank you guys for tuning in and all i have to say is uh go niners All right, well, we're out of here. Bye.